and welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially back in session. Here for another guest speaker episode, and I am thrilled to have my next guest, very special guest, a little bit, a little bit different than what we've had on uh, previously. Now, you guys will definitely see why in, in just a second, but I have Slim DeWitt with me on the podcast, and Slim, great, great, great catching up with you, man. I'm so excited for this one. We've uh, been talking about this for a little while, and so good to have you on. How you, uh, how you been? How you doing? I've been well, and it's an honor to be on. I appreciate you having me, and um. Just got on spring break, so uh, that's kind of the greatest perk of being a teacher, having all the breaks, the summers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so at, for, yeah. yeah, absolutely. For those that don't know, Slim DeWitt, he's uh, I guess you're a musician and entertainer, but you're also a teacher as well. So it just all kind of en- encompasses itself, and you're you're a perfect candidate for this for this podcast for this platform. So uh, yeah, and like you said, definitely uh, definitely a perk of of the the line of work that you and I are in I know uh, you had a little bit of a later spring break than I did I'm I'm jealous actually I, w- I would <laughs> I would I would I would have traded the uh, mine two weeks ago to have it this week but you know it's always hindsight 2020 yeah <laughs> truly <laughs> absolutely but yeah man so you like I said you're an entertainer you teach uh, you're a musician as well uh, definitely we'll, I guess we'll start there we'll get into the teaching thing and just just a little bit I uh, definitely want to start okay. with you as a content creator because I think that's definitely uh, how I came on to you first and want to give a quick shout out to our mutual friend Caroline Finnamore for uh, uh, connecting us and her reaching out to me about you and uh, put me onto your stuff and I was like I said just right out the gate super impressed with everything you had doing I know you're so your content you're Slow. really kind of oh of course man of course I love your stuff and I know that uh a lot of your content's been funneling. You've really been uh, focusing on the TikTok thing, which is really cool. And you're probably like as the first person I've talked to that's really sort of uh, making music on TikTok like this. But I definitely want to backtrack to your early, early, just kind of starting out. Like, so what influenced you to start singing and, and rapping, and you know, which one kind of came first, and, and all of that. So I just want to hear like kind of your early, uh, I guess your early experiences in music. Okay. So the craziest part is singing came first and you would think i'd be a little bit better at singing considering but um yeah i grew up in the church my mom was the children's choir director so i could always hit and hold the note grew up in the church and um rapping came i mean first time i might have rapped was around 10 years old fourth grade i heard lil wayne for the first time oh yeah because of my parents kind of filtered out all the rap music and the hip-hop kept us on gospel r&b soul music um so when I really got into rap and started rapping myself, that wasn't until high school, maybe sophomore, junior year, the summer after sophomore year, going into junior year. So I wrote my first few things. Okay, okay. And was it just kind of you messing around like with friends, freestyling, or was it more or less like you actually like just writing or, or performing? Where, where did it kind of start for you to try to want to like actually get your, what you were, you were creating out there? I was facing some really difficult emotions and um, I had a friend who had been writing and rapping and writing poetry since we were seventh graders when we met and he suggested I try writing poetry or maybe even rapping to get those emotions out or to somehow channel that and uh, I wrote about a breakup that was my first rap ever and it really helped me process those feelings or my view on the situation etc just it really helped me filter through that. Yeah, I mean, I think that any sort of outlet like that, I mean, that's why, you know, a lot of people journal, right? Or like, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, like write poetry. Like, I think 
um, you know, that is just, again, an outlet for people to get their emotions out there that maybe aren't as good verbally talking, right? And I know you as an educator, I'm sure you see that all the time where, you know, some of your students are probably much better. I mean, I see this too, but some of my students are, you know, better as public speakers. Others are better as writers, right? And that the way that they're able to communicate themselves is can be different for certain people. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just, and then one of the things that I've definitely noticed about you as I've consumed, been consuming your content over the last couple of months is um, all the Bow Wow references you get because oh <laughs> so, oh um, I'm curious, I'm curious where, uh, not to bring it there, but I'm curious, uh, do, do you get that often? It started the first time I went viral. So, um, quick tangent, I had a student, <laughs> I think the first time I did great numbers on TikTok, not great, but in my mind it was great. I got like six or 7,000 views. Yeah. I told my students, I was like, I got like 7,000. I went viral. She was like, how many views? I said, seven. DeWitt, that's not viral. I was like, so what's viral? It's like 200K views at least. And I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh. So like the first video that did those numbers, I did a duet with um, Wisdom. It's like a fashion mogul and has a spam page, but it, it did like 300k plus, and that was that was a lot for me. But just a bunch of like a bunch of comments mentioning Bow Wow or like Shad Moss. I see you. Why are you not in like Mike? Uh, Bow Word Wow Word or something like just a bunch of them. I'm like I do not look like this man. What are y'all saying? <laughs> I saw and one comment. Yeah, I was oh yeah, I was gonna say I saw one comment that was like, uh, oh, this is where this is Bow Wow grew up or something like that or whatever. It was a little Bow Wow grew up, and I was crying laughing. And then you, but you played into it though because you had the video where you did the "Let Me Hold You" thing, and yep. I was digging that. Yep. <laughs> Folks told me to um to feed into that, so I did a. Uh, there was like a celebrity lookalike thing, and I, they ate it up. That was my first original content that did over 100k and that was dope and then i tried to carry on with the let me hold you and then i was like okay i'm, I'm a little done with that but folks still aren't done comparing me to bow wow i was about to say, I, I yeah. guess it's just something i gotta accept yeah no i mean i guess it comes with the territory right i mean they're just bound to to compare like that's just you know how it is these days not to say your content is anywhere close to what bow wow was putting out at the time but maybe i think it's more <laughs> of the look you. it's more of the look than anything but uh, t- tell me a little bit more about uh, your, your early time and uh, you growing up in, in choirs and um, in gospel music, because mm. that's I mean, that's definitely interesting to me. Uh, you know, so how did, uh, did were you just kind of always growing up singing in, in, in choirs and, and things of that nature? Or, um, you know, is that more rooted in like your where, where, like what your parents wanted you to do? Oh, no, that was the I mean, both of my parents were in ministry. My mom directed the children's choir and my dad was a praise dance ministry minister. So um. I grew up dancing with him. That's how I know how to dance. And then with my mom, I just could hit and hold a note. Um, that was in my home church. And once we left there, I was around 10. So I didn't do too much singing in the choir until I joined the church after college, 2018, around like December. Okay. So um, I kind of kept it going on my own, imitating singers or just trying to sing whatever songs that I really liked listening to on the radio, etc. Cool. That's um awesome. Yeah, that's kind of how that one goes. I didn't every church we bounced around to, I didn't sing in any choirs there. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. That's interesting cuz isn't that so then what made you sort of like branch off and start like creating your own content on TikTok cuz 
Uh, that's obviously you. You clearly very talented. As anyone, obviously, go follow this man on uh, on TikTok. We'll link it. We'll link him in the description for sure. You guys will definitely thank us later uh, for some of the content this man provides. So a couple of things I noticed about you. So obviously, the, I had to get the Bow Wow thing out of the way. I'm sorry, I just had, had okay. to do it. But that's fine. <laughs> but another thing I've really noticed about you that really kind of uh, drew me to you right away was I think kind of just your energy and your charisma. I think that really comes out a ton in a lot of your content. I think that's mm -hmm. almost. Um, that's almost as good as your abilities as, as singing and, and rapping. So I feel like all of that kind of encompassing together, it's kind of a no brainer, no wonder why people are gravitating towards your page and that your, you know, your videos Thanks are doing, doing numbers. Uh, yeah, well, you're welcome, of course. But uh, it's like I said, the content really speaks for itself. But talk to me a little bit about how you got into, you know, creating these, you know, these videos on TikTok and, and how it's where, where it's kind of led you to now, I guess. Hmm. Well, I'd have to preface the whole TikTok thing with Instagram. So I started taking music a lot more seriously in college. And that's when I was like, okay, I really want to do this. Um, taking some classes with producing my own music, how to record, different things of the nature. Um, it wasn't until I graduated or a couple times I did posts for challenges. I rapped over the So Gone Challenge. I wrote to the, what's it called? The Ten Toes Challenge, a really sad one. I never posted it though and um mask off I did I, I wrote something to that but I wasn't really consistent with posting anything until I got out of college I just had crazy free time I started with yes indeed I did a couple more going into that summer post-collegiate depression hit I was a little quiet for the entire summer until August and I might have did two videos a week it just Whatever beat was hot or whatever beat came to me, folks were sending me instrumentals at some point, and I was just pumping it out. And that's when I really started um, getting content up on social media. So summer of last year is when I heard TikTok was booming. Folks were saying hop on there, but I just kept hearing bad reviews about it, um, knowing that some content creators were saying uh, folks were getting their their creativity stolen or black content creators don't get the love that they deserve on TikTok and that just kept me away I didn't want to do it and um I partnered with Vio Collective that's that's the reason a lot of my new content is it looks so professional they they're really helping me hone in my brand my vision what I want to as an artist and as a person what message I want to convey they're really helping me direct that and rather than just posting covers you know so they they saw they saw my skill set and wanted to take that what I'm rapping about and really hone it into one thing or take it in one direction and um in in some of our first meetings they were like do you have a TikTok and I was like uh I didn't want to make one they was like <laughs> you got to make TikTok like that's that's not optional dude you got to make a TikTok and I'm like all right made one um, it wasn't so much like Instagram. One of the one of the co-creators of the of the collective, he was just sending me some videos saying they have this duet feature. You can plug in your headphones and just rap over or create with whatever the video already has. So all right, and it was like I don't know. It was it was similar to what I was posting on Instagram, just one after the other, folks. And he didn't even have to send me any duets anymore. Folks were tagging me in different videos. Oh, hop on this beat. Oh, do this one. And it just, and the community grew. The love was flooding in faster than I could have even, I'm, I'm trying to look for the right word. 
to encapsulate it. It's just I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around how much love I was receiving on this app, and it was like for, to be grinding on. I, I told you when I graduated college, that's 2018 up to right. 2020, and I amassed maybe 3,000 followers. I got that in a matter of weeks on TikTok. Uh-huh. It's crazy. It's like they, they say that like or like what I've read up and, you know, we're trying to do the TikTok thing, too. It's kind of not really like mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's it, I think it's a, it's a different format. Like I think what I've been doing is just kind of pushing the same videos that I make on Instagram to TikTok, which, you. you know, it it's not really not really TikTok videos. You know what I mean? I got to do much better mm-hmm. at actually making like tick like content actually to that to that platform. But no, it's interesting, though, because one of my questions uh, that I had for you was like, of course, like how fast was the growth? It seemed like it was very quick and exponential. And it seems like I've heard from that app that um, that's one of like the fastest growing or fastest ways to grow. Cause like just with the way their algorithm works, like certain things can just go viral so much easier. So uh, fast. Yeah. And I think just the content, the constant, just, and then the way that like the, I think the app is set up too, it plays like a huge role of just kind of like swiping through videos. You know what I mean? Like I feel people mm-hmm. like, people like lose, lose hours on end on that app. You know what I mean? That's why I was even reluctant to get it. Cause I was like, eh. yep. and, I, and I'd heard some of the similar things I think that you had been mentioning, right. About just kind of the, the drawbacks from it that I was always, it was a bunch of kids just dancing and stuff like that. And, and, <laughs> and you know, or whatever the case. So. And you, you kind of realize as you get the app that it's kind of anything but that. I mean, you can get that content if you want, but it's not like, yep. you know, not that's not it. You know, and there's more clinically stuff like that you do. So um, and then I was curious, too, like you kind of already answered it in a sense. But you know, I was like, oh, so how did you kind of start, you know, making content? But it sounds like people are just like it's kind of just flooding in like you're able to it's kind of the, the, the work is kind of coming to you, essentially, where people are tagging you in different videos. And do you do you enjoy doing the duets no. more? Or you do enjoy doing like the uh, like you were more original content better. I really do like the duets that um, and I found myself kind of bound to that. So I try to free up a little bit and start creating a little more original content. But I lost my headphones. And now after my girlfriend got me some new ones, it, I don't know this surge of like just light and really wanting to dig into the duets again so i that that was kind of my answer once i made one yesterday i missed it a lot just collaborating with all these fantastic and phenomenal artists i'm meeting on this app it's all the love and the community building and putting out that energy you receive the same thing so a lot of artists on the same energy preaching very similar messages about progression about ascension about spreading love uh, lyricists really just getting respect and love from all of them and collaborating with them or uh, producers who are putting out fire beats like yeah. Kato the producer he works with on a professional level and to be able to rap on a Kato beat you know just that's, like that yeah. because he has a TikTok true that I didn't even think about it from that perspective but that makes it that's such a good point because it's like if you wanted to rap on that type of beat or like you know you'd have to like go hit him up to try to get the beat now it's completely different you can just you know freestyle over it or rap over it or sing over it or whatever that's oh, i didn't i didn't even think about that from that that's perspective so too wild. that's really cool that's really that cool pain and jermaine dupree i have yet to go to their pages and really hop on something but at least the, just, but the option is there which is which the is option is there. which is cool with that app and it's very proprietary i think to like other apps because mm-hmm of licensing issues, but somehow, some way TikToks, I don't know how they get away with it or, or like, or maybe just the content that you put on there is, you know, you, you can in essence kind of license it out to further people to use. It's, 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 mm. it's pretty cool. I, I definitely, uh, I, I've, as I've grown a little bit more accustomed to the app and seen it 
uh, for what it is and kind of seeing all these people. And like, even through your platform, like you're putting me on other people too. Like I loved the one you did just yesterday with Brendan Howe. Is that how you pronounce his name? Brendan, Brendan that's, how, that's exactly how I keep saying Howie and he gets so upset about it. <laughs> I was like, all right, my bad. It's Brendan Howe. That man's 16 spitting. Oh my gosh. Let me stop. No, no, I no. Seriously, like both of you absolutely snapped on that shit. I was like, oh my (laughs) goodness. I was, I was completely. I must have watched it like three times over, and I was just trying to decide. Like, I mean, you went, you definitely matched him bar for bar too, and I was, and and that's what I love. Set the bar. Yeah, yeah. Is is it like it almost kind of brings it to how kind of hip hop was? I think you know when it first originated, right? It's almost like. Mm can i uh, who can outdo each other but it's more it's not in like a malicious way right it's more of a kind of love yeah yeah yeah. so it's i'm I'm gonna come with this heat like all right bet better like (laughs) my baby got me new hair i only want to see my real rappers doing this challenge all right okay today's topic let's talk about your skill talk about my skill sets on the level that i don't even know like how the hell i'm spitting fire but i'm colder than snow well check your sentence bro i think your blow dryers on cold now how in heaven will i tell him i rap let him is go well, this is love, dog, and I'm just telling the skinny that, and with the law, pretty tricky. So I'm slim, the witty cat. <laughs> to say that I do this is truly uses a euphemism. To say that I'm moving and choose the rule to the roof is well. In the booth, I'm infusing. I am excusing the muses like my last name. I could do it in fluid juice. I've been proven. They wanna get it with venom, but really they whack it and a bender. Cause I can spit a ridiculous venomous rap to make your head hurt. The speed is quicker than shivers in winter, but I don't flex the whole verse. All I need is a minute to get in the yard, cause see my neck. Worth. My best verse has never been written. It's hitting the way I be spitting. You shift the position while listening. You thinking I'm about to be witching, and now y'all see the wonder vision. <laughs> I love how he started it too. He's like, I only want the best MCs, the best rappers to hop on this. If you can't rap, don't hop on it. But uh, and uh, but I love that kind of side to it. I think that it's like the best of both worlds in that sense, right? Where you have. Mm-hmm that it is there is a competitive side to kind of how he alluded to it but then also at the same time like as you mentioned it's it is out of love at the end of the day like you guys are tight you guys are clearly you know um mm-hmm. good good you know energy on that whole thing i thought was just awesome so what what, what was like um like one of maybe the most memorable duets you've you've done um obviously besides because that one is most recent so uh to now okay. but uh what was, what was maybe been one of the favorite ones that you've uh done if you if you could choose Ooh, there was another one. Adriana is her name, but on TikTok it's Novoa, Novoa Music. Oh man, and she she can sing, can rap the flow. Bilingual is just oh, she's so smooth on it. Like she's filthy on the beat. And um, I don't know if you saw, but it was like um, my name is Adriana, and she went ah. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if I've seen that one, or I, I, maybe if I have, I haven't. I haven't. I don't remember it. But I'll have, I'll have okay. to go back and check it out. But and I had to wait on it. Just same with this with this how one. I just sat on them. For some reason, the ones I sit on and really take the time with, they do really well. Let me not say for some reason. I guess that that is reflected. Mm-hmm. And really matching the energy that they bring. Really trying to meet the level of uh creativity and, and lyricism that they brought to the beat originally mm-hmm. and and folks really felt that and it was reflected all through the comments and right now before i really grow in, in, in followers and uh or even get to the verified level or whatever before i get 
beyond what I can manage. I'm uh, trying to get through to all the comments. At least let folks know, yeah, I see you. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate the love. You stopped by. You took the time to write something because it disimpacted you in some way. And that's love. Yeah. It's just everybody saying, oh, my gosh, you match that energy so well. And the, you, can, uh, you, you can tell you respect what she's saying because sometimes uh, you can mix the levels of each video okay. on the duet. So I try to always make sure the artist is louder than me so I don't overpower them, don't say anything. Why, just that respect so folks can hear their bars when you're presenting yours as well. Mm -hmm. I like that yeah, attitude. Like, yeah, you can tell. like They're like, oh, you can tell you really uh, respected the bars and you brought to the... Just how the energy really matched up. So that one was... Um, even watching at the end, and it was funny because at the end she does a... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that... She called herself Khaleesi, and I had like a Tyrion bar. Ooh. I was like, I don't see how you're confident so easily. I'll be feeling small like Tyrion. Ooh, I got a she's like, I missed this one. <laughs> Damn. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, you see what I did there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just really seemed like a, a genuine interaction between us, even though it was done at two different times, two different places. That's, be that's beautiful, man. No, it's really a cool thing to see that obviously for sure for like her to see the finished product of that, right? Like, the, and then, or Brendan or whoever you work with, right? Like, or, uh -huh. or, or not work with, I guess, but work off of, I guess, in a sense, or like, yeah. you, but you're right. Like it's, it, it's, it's something I think you can immediately, it, it, it's, it's really cool because you can, if something inspires you right away, you can immediately mm -hmm. sort of like respond to it or take as much time as you need to it. But I guess that's the kind of great thing about this that that app specifically that you can do things like that and and it's really and my girlfriend was actually the one that's very much like trying to get me on the app when i first started too she's like there's so many good musicians and like artists on this app that you don't even True. realize like i even found some guy the other day he was like um he was like is this whole series going of like songs you didn't realize had a sample and like chop basically chopping the sample of like i followed him i have no idea what his name is now off the top of my head but like uh, you know, like chopping up samples on like certain ones. Like he did like started from the bottom. Uh, uh -huh. The last one I saw. Anyway, it's just so cool. Like just little things like that that you don't like pick up on or realize like, oh shit, that's a sample. Like that's exactly. like little stuff like that, you know, or hearing like a cool beat for the first time or somebody do a cover, whatever it is. Like I feel like it's just a, it, it's it's an app that you can just kind of get lost in with some of the music. And and I think exactly. you guys, yeah, you guys are really doing a nice job, like just as artists to funneling in that type of content. Thank you. Yeah. Trying to trying to tap into that. And um, sometimes you can get caught up with a niche. So I try to diversify the content. But, you know, folks are there for the bars. So one of the things you had mentioned is that you partnered with, a, is it an agency? Like, to explain that to me a little bit more. And then, like, and then take me through, like, the process of, like, how you guys make the content. So is it, like, you record it and then you send it to them and they finish it? Or... Like, do you create it all and they just help like with like the marketing of it? Like, how does that how does all that all kind of work? OK, so when he first pitched it to me, I actually had no idea what he was talking about. But I really love his content, his videography, his photography. I just love his vision. And I was like, all right, what, whatever you're talking about. Cool. I, I'll meet with y'all. <laughs> These are two guys I went to college with. One was a grade ahead of me, one, two grades behind me. Um, Jared and Sean, they created this this uh collective called vio collective okay and um it's digital marketing and they help folks find their brand so not just artists but also companies or whatever the case may be finding their brand um it began with a meeting they had a sheet with a bunch of questions on it i had to an answer and it, these are like 
I was kind of stuck. They said, yeah, take a take a week. We'll meet next week. But take take the time to really think about these and answer them. Your your vision. What uh, what messages do you want to translate to your audiences? Who are your target audiences? Um, who do you wish to reach? Uh, how do you want to reach them? What kinds of content are you going to reach them with or reach them through? All these things I never took into consideration to really help hone that in. So once we got to creating and actually uh, filming these visuals, so Jared, he'll come with the questions, very introspective questions, just ask me something. I'll get in front of a mic and just talk, answer the question. He'll chop it up and we'll film a few shots of me, maybe walking or playing with the grass on my shirt or He'll tell me what to do. Finally, I found a director, a cameraman that, that can tell me what to do because I'm awkward for the cameras. I'm like, ah. They're like, yeah, just look at the ground. Bet. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll film some introspective vid- visuals. He'll ask me to find some instrumentals, write to them. Um, it's something I like to call God timing because, like, I... It's, there, there are no coincidence like, coincidences like this. We'll just, uh, the introspective visual, we'll be talking about something. And um, something I've been saying ever since I started writing is I'm not the one writing these bars. It's God putting the words on my head and through, through to the pen to the page is what I said in one of my bars. And um, I sat, I'll sit and write about something and it'll, It'll be what I'm going through in life at the very moment and also correspond perfectly with the, with the visual that we're dropping that week. Mm-hmm. So I'll find beats, I'll write to them, and then I send them over to him. He'll come up with the vision. and like, okay, so come out to me in Worcester. We'll shoot this, that, that, and that, uh, et cetera. Or like I just I actually just sent them the instrumentals like right before we got on this call and he was like we're definitely shooting this on your couch <laughs> it's like okay cool so he's coming my way don't kind of make that job the worst <laughs> there you go yeah but um yeah and then we'll we'll shoot it um some of the meetings will come up with different ideas on how we can what kind of visuals we can do what other types of content we can create other ways we can engage with our audience Ooh, i'm supposed to put something on my story <laughs> But um, yeah, it's 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 a very fifty-fifty relationship, a very collaborative relationship. It's not like they're telling me what to do; they more so give me the guidance, and they really give me the creative freedom. And I like to give all the credit to Jerry for the vision. So for these visuals that he put together, all him. He'll be like, "Okay, so I want to do a single shot. You start there. We'll walk, and then I'll pan around you, and da da da. So let's just do a practice." He, he's like, if you have any ideas, let me know. I said, I trust your vision. Stop asking me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, so that's a really, I think, important thing when you're, when you're making content like that and, and having people that understand, exactly, like, understand the vision. And I, I feel the same way, like the people on our team, like shout out my producer, Sam, and our co-host, uh, Phoenix Rios, like they all, uh, both of them, I should say, they both understand like our vision as well. And it, and that makes it seem like for you that it just one it makes it easier, but it probably makes it more enjoyable too to work with somebody like that that gives you that freedom, and Absolutely. you know trusts you to create in the space that you can create and do well in, and mm-hmm. then you do the opposite for him. You're like, hey man, like you're the expert in this field, like I trust you, and that is I think in essence like if you're gonna be a content creator, collaboration is essential. You can't just I mean. 
yes, there are probably people that create content that, you know, don't need anyone else per se, but, or that make it without other people. But I feel like, especially in the, in the space that you and I are both in, especially Mm -hmm. like that collaboration with other people is so important. Right. And, and and collaborating with the correct people as well that, you know, you can just be yourself with, but then you can also rely on someone else to do exactly what they do well. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, like, I've, I mean, my producer, Sam, he's fantastic. He, he's, you know, I'll send him this episode as you guys are watching it now, as you can see, it's very well edited. Good job. No, I'm just going like kidding. But um, <laughs> in all seriousness, like, you know, I send it to him. He does it. And I'm just like, hey, you know, you do your thing. And he always he'll always surprise me. So that's the cool part about it, too, is I feel like when you when you give somebody that creative freedom, they'll constantly it almost it's almost like in school. Right. When you're if you're breathing down a kid's neck to do something that yep. doesn't really help them you know what i mean you have to give them kind of the right guiding tools or guide them in the proper direction to find the right answer or to be able to create like especially with you and i teaching english like there's probably more of a of a freedom for that you know what i mean in our classes but anyway no i just feel like that's that's just great to hear that you know you found somebody that can help you and and push this vision and i was even telling you a little while ago or uh i think this was maybe like a month and a half ago or something i can't quite remember when but you dropped this video that really really resonated with me and you were talking about i don't remember it all now specifically off the top of my head but you were basically talking about how you want to like slow down a little more in life and you know appreciate mm-hmm. some of the little things and take the time with your family and i think you had said something about like you know, I need to make sure I make the time when my mom calls me like that I'm present in that moment talking to yeah. her, right? Not thinking about something else. And I think in this day and age, so many of us can get wrapped in, up into that. And that really spoke to me like really well. So I just want you to know that like you are making impacts with your vision and your your words Slow. and everything because it, it, it spoke to me. It touched me in a way. And I guarantee it, it's clearly doing that for other people. People are responding to it. But I guess that's kind of my next sort of question here about, you know, the introspective topics that you talk about in your content, you know, what, Mm -hmm. you know, you talk about a lot of different things between mental health and motivating yourself, faith, and you even talk a little bit about like racial and societal, um, you know, issues and and things of that nature. So what, what is the uh, inspiration or message that you want to send to people? Like when, when people come to your content and consume it, like what, what are you trying to say? What are some big messages that you want to convey? Uh, well, could I start with saying the root of it? Definitely. Uh, this human experience and why we end up hurting people. You know the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. I, I was there. I, I was living that and I was living in that in like full swing. I was going through the motions of hurting other folks and not not handling my problems in a healthy way or guiding others to help them deal with theirs in a healthy way. But around my senior year of college, that second semester, uh, it started with a promise I made to God in in abstinence. But And that's kind of off base, but that really helped hone in with how I was dealing with my issues in an unhealthy way. Stripped that away also stripped a few other things away and I really had to just sit with it and process it and and it sucked oh my gosh it was awful but on the other side of that I came out stronger and it was a 
it was a beautiful there were beautiful revelations I made there were beautiful connections I made with other people in that low place in that vulnerable place and um I want to just encourage others to hopefully do the same and I'm not saying I'm perfect because there's still a lot I'm healing from and dealing with and learning and I'm still growing and I just want to share that as I'm going through this journey of life and help other folks maybe I'm not telling you this is what you should do and how you should do it but maybe try maybe try this way or maybe try doing this and that how do you end up here when you were here maybe try doing this or that now I know that's that's very vague and broad but hopefully this is making sense makes sense to me no definitely is I'm sure and uh, I think it's I think in in the broader way the better even because you know people can kind Mm -hmm. of like take that and apply it to themselves as as they should and and as they will and and of course like you mentioned that we're all different we all kind of deal with trauma differently but I I definitely do see the uh the aspect of you know hurt people do hurt people that is that is definitely something that is I think a, a, a fact I think that is and even and also too hurt people can hurt themselves and I think in in yeah. that as well that that uh, you know can definitely play a role and um, yeah I, I totally agree with some you know some of the sentiments you're bringing I think that um, these are conversations like and having those conversations with yourself is uncomfortable like it's not going to be a comforting True. feeling especially at first you know it's 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 hard to 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 really come to terms with that. And be brutally honest with yourself mm. because we we love to paint the image. We like to paint the image for other folks, but in order to do that, we love to lie to ourselves. It's interesting, isn't and it? And being and and beginning being brutally honest with ourselves, starting right there. And I mean, yeah, being humble, open, and transparent with other folks that obviously helps, and that brings connection, that honesty, and that that place of openness can can be a beautiful grounds for communication and connection and unity but being honest with yourself is the first springboard that's that's literally the first step of it all yeah and we like the lot to ourselves and and make our make ourselves believe that it's all okay when we're crumbling inside and that's so sad to think about that folks out there hurting especially after this year right i mean more than ever oh, you know just with True especially mental health aspects, right? I mean, there's just been, I think we're in the brink of, or on the brink, I should say, of a, of a mental health crisis in this, uh, in, this mm-hmm. uh, in this world right now, in this society that we're in because of a lot of the, you know, things that have gone on in the last year. It's, it's very unfortunate to, uh, to see. But I'm, I'm glad that there's, you know, there's people out there like yourself that want to try to push these these messages as as much as possible and and get to a place where, um, you know, because I think in the, it's like it's, it's that also airplane analogy in essence, right, where it's like you have to kind of help yourself before you help other people. And you're right. I think oftentimes we I've, I've been victim of that a lot of times where I, I can give great advice, but sometimes I don't take it myself or starting to a little bit more nowadays that as I've gotten a little bit older, but certainly um, when I was younger great at giving out good advice but never took it myself (laughs) it's like those it's like those folks that um are great at uh, great at um helping other folks in their relationships but either aren't in a relationship or like or like have an awful one going on themselves like perfect that was me (laughs) i was i'm not pointing any figures i'm just that's what i thought no well it it, it applies to me because i just i was never a relationship person yet for some reason like i felt you know 
justified to give other people relationship advice. Not sure why, but it happened. Not, not to say that I just openly did it, but you know, a lot of people, you know, I'd be asked and then folks came, yeah, folks came to me and, 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 you know, but then it was funny. I wouldn't take the same advice that I would give them. You know what I mean? I was still making mm. the same mistakes mm -hmm. that I was making in my life as well with a lot of different things. And yeah, no, it, it's, none of us are perfect, right? We all have our vices. Yeah. We all have our demons. There's just, regardless of what those are, but if we don't deal with them and that's, again, that's how kind of, you know, with my own mental health story, um, it, there was a, there was a crossroad that kind of happened and, um, I was either mm -hmm. going to deal with it or spiral, spiral down and, and, and into a dark, dark place. And I decided to deal with it. And this was six years ago. Now it's about my junior year of college. And, and I figured, and I, f yeah. f you know, I'm still figuring it out, but I figured it out. You know what I'm saying? Like I kind of understood the root of the problem and now need to, I've been, you know, working tirelessly for the last six years to solve it because it was a lot of, you know, but I think when you're young too, I think this is another thing as well, because especially with you and I teaching and, you know, dealing with the youth, I think that that was a conversation, I'm not sure about yourself, but a conversation that was never really brought up to me and when I was younger, it was something that I had to kind of mm -hmm. find out on my own as I got a little bit older. I think the conversation surrounding mental health and also just kind of the way we perceive ourselves and just like, you know, self-image and all that. Uh, it's becoming more mm -hmm. of a mainstream topic in, of conversation. And, and I think that's a great thing. Uh, but there's True. still a good, there's still a, 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 you know, right ways to start those processes. And it can be, again, it can be challenging. So I, I totally agree and understand from your, your standpoint of, of that. And, cool. uh, and thank you for sharing as much as you did as well uh, about your own, story and, and things like that i really appreciate it but same to you I, i'm really glad you didn't choose the latter man six years later you're here stronger yeah than where you were yeah and and i think that you know again am, am i perfect no am i in the place i want to be right now no but i am proud of you know where i am and where i've gotten and i think that that's another thing too that in, in this day and age i think we are very um accomplishment oriented or like goal oriented and yeah. we often i think don't and it again goes kind of goes back a little bit kind of full circle to the to the video that you put out but we don't take the time in the moment to celebrate our successes we're always so focused on the okay what's next what's next what's next yeah. and that is i think really at the root of a lot of that sort of overachieving um stressful anxiety that a lot of us can feel where it's like i'm seeing all these people online do all these great things but and why am i not or why am i in this place but without sort of recognizing okay i've i've gotten myself this far from here but instead mm -hmm. of comparing to where you've been we're comparing to everybody else and it doesn't you know what i mean so i don't know yep. it's it's that it's, comparison is a killer oh my god it can be right like find myself doing it still yeah, like comparing Slim to Wit to Bow Wow. I mean, it's not. It's you can't. You can't do it. <laughs> uh, truly. But I don't know if that makes any sense. But no, absolutely, it does. Yeah. But um, I'm curious as well. Uh, my next little, I guess, transition point here. Uh, I definitely want to talk to you, of course, about TD. We've, we've brought this up a couple of times. We're both teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, you teach English. I teach English. Oh my God super cool <laughs> we have so much in common slim um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about uh teach one first off i guess just teaching in general like what's um what have you seen in today's youth that um impresses you but maybe also worries you a little bit 
uh, I guess we'll kind of we'll start there and then, um, you know, what is your sort of overall, uh, I guess, mission with teaching? Like, what are you uh, looking to accomplish with your students? And, and what are some things you, t- you really think about when you when you're in front of them every day or via Zoom or however it is for you at this point? <laughs> hmm. Something that impresses me about this generation are they are fearless. They are fearless, aren't they? Fearless. Oh, my. They have something they want to say. They're going to say it. They have a way they feel. They're going to let you know. Mm-hmm. Or if, if prompted, they'll let you know um, and be brutally honest about it. Um, they're a lot more. Is open the word? Open, I think, is the word. A lot more open, a lot more accepting. Don't get me wrong. Unfortunately, bullying is still a thing, but I do see because before I came to this school, I was a paraprofessional at my old elementary school back in North New Jersey. And I'm looking and the nerd is cool with everyone. I'm like, I was getting teased when I was him. What's going on? Like, I was a little jealous. Like, what's going on here? Y'all like him? I was like, I like him too. Don't get me wrong. But (laughs) aren't y'all supposed to be picking on this kid? And like uh, they respect the fact that he's all about his books, and that yeah, and he also knew his lane and um, didn't try too hard to be cool. They just respected him for being who he was, so he never felt the need to. And that was cool to observe. Um, it's kind of two different things. If I'm thinking about being an educator back home and being an educator up here. So being here, I want to be who I needed because when I went to this school, I'm an alumni of the school I'm teaching at. Okay. Um, we had no faculty of color, at least no men. We had a woman, a black woman in admissions up until I was a junior and she left. But we had no adults of color on campus, so we had to be there for each other. I just want to be who, who I needed when I was here. Uh, be present, be available, be a listening ear, be a helping hand, be a... Is conduit the right word between admin and the students? That voice yeah, for them bridge, when they maybe. don't feel heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um. When I get in front of that class, firstly, I really just want them to to thrive and succeed in college because I don't feel like I was necessarily prepared. So make sure that they feel prepared, that they feel ready. Or at least have them know with the things that I'm telling them. Because a lot of teachers didn't necessarily tell me what college was going to be like. Hmm. Like Some might have said, oh, you're going to have fun. Oh, you're going to have a great time. But it was sort of like no one really told me what I'm going to face there. What academic challenges I'm going to face. What habits I need to I need to develop before going there. I, I didn't feel like I got that heads up. That's something I definitely let them know. Because that's kind of the point of high school. To prepare you for college. I'm letting them know oh, all these things you're doing is great, all this all this involvement, but uh, be wary of that in college. Don't get too involved because you won't have much time for your academics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's helping some of them. Or telling them my story and being open and transparent about it. Look, mm-hmm. I was on academic probation my sophomore year. I was a little too involved with the clubs. I was a little too mm-hmm. involved with the parties. Found myself having to buckle down. <laughs> Let, they they hit me with the threat of oh you're going home if you don't get that GPA up. <laughs> I said oh wow wow and it was like a reality check okay 
can't be there anymore, can't do this anymore, uh, I love being on this dance team, can't do that anymore, you know, like, whatever the case may be. And um, also as writers, especially with English, I, I think this will resonate with you. I remember at the beginning of the year, I tried to give them a selling point, an end point. I was like, so you're going to learn how to write academic papers. You're going to learn how to craft an argument in your essay. This will matter for emails. I was like, as a matter of fact, I have a friend. He never loses an argument. He just doesn't. You know why? Because every argument, he has evidence to support his claims. And then he analyzes said evidence and connects it back to his original point, which is what you're going to learn this year in your essays. I love it. I love it. He, He'll argue that maybe Michael Jordan's the GOAT, maybe that LeBron's the GOAT, and he'll hit you with stats for whatever seasons, their greatest seasons, or at their peaks, and he'll do the comparisons. And Given us statistics, he averaged 27.4 points and averaged seven steals. Now, LeBron, just sitting there like, okay, bro, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Like, what, what can I say? Mm-hmm. And now everybody's sitting there looking on Google now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had a parent come in. And this is one of my greatest, one of my best students in the class. During parent-teacher conferences, like three weeks after classes just started, this is my fellowship year. So I was, I felt very unprepared. I felt very inadequate. Hmm. I didn't feel like I didn't major in English. I didn't major in education. I I had an honors English teacher here who thought I would be a good English teacher. So I was like, hmm. okay, I guess. Don't get me wrong. I had to write plenty of essays for my major in theater and tech for all the all the all the theater history classes. Oh my gosh! Hmm. I had to write plenty of essays. But yeah, I came back and um, I had this meeting with the parent, and I was just all nervous. And this was the first meeting of the day, and she says, "Whatever you said to him, whatever you've done, thank you." And I'm like, "Huh?" It's like you have shifted the tra- you have shifted the trajectory of his future in English, and I'm like. Like verbatim, that's what she said. I can't really. He's like James hated English. She's an English teacher herself. She was like, yeah. He hated English. He saw no reason to do it. He didn't see the point of needing to craft an essay and have evidence to to or have evidence to support your argument. He didn't see the point of doing it. After the first day of class, he came home and said, "Mom, I'm ready. I'm I'm excited for English." Let's go. Like wow. And I, I just needed that confirmation then. Like, it's funny how God just operates. I just needed that confirmation in order to continue on the path that I was going on. So it's really interesting you say that because I get a lot of those same reactions too, just for the, a lot of the same reasons. Like, I try to make my class enjoyable, rela- mm-hmm. relatable too. I think is the key because if you if they can't see value and relatability in it. Uh, this this that i think is my if i were to answer my own questions mm-hmm. the one drawback i have about this this generation is that exactly if they're not in i mean that's, i think that's just kids in general but yeah to say but if they don't see an immediate sort of like engagement with it they can kind of lose you can lose them very quickly and i've yep. seen that even become more of a factor as the years have progressed granted i'm only five years into this but um that would be the one thing. And I completely agree with what you're saying about the resiliency and just sort of the, um, I think the word you had used was, but I don't know if I'm not sure if it was bravery. I can't remember quite what it was, but you had said along the lines of that they're very resilient 
kids and that they just they're very just kind of open and 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 free um just free to kind of just mm. say whatever that, that's on their mind True. and i i literally had and i don't think this would have happened when i was in high school obviously obviously for confidentiality i won't go too much into the story but i had a student recently in my class just openly be like be like hey i'm gay and i was like and i feel like that never would happen or would have happened in my classes 10 years ago and to see everyone else just not he didn't like he didn't like outwardly just announce it but like he had kind of just like sprinkled it into what he, what he was talking about and and the nonchalantness of it and the and, yep. and just to see everybody else just again just completely accept that and it was a beautiful thing that he just felt comfortable enough in my in my space to like just say that you know what i mean and i don't think that would have happened you know, when I was in high school, because I, I think in a lot of maybe and you were talking, you and I aren't, aren't that far off in age. Mm-hmm. We're like we're like a two year difference. So we're really close in age. We were in, in high school at probably the, same, the exact same time. So I don't think that would have happened in our in our, you know, high school careers or, or middle school or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was it was a beautiful thing. You know, I think that truly something like that. And I agree with you. I think they overall are much more accepting. I think they think they can see the world for what it is a little bit better mm-hmm. than some of people that are a little bit older than us as well i know it's we're progressing in a different way and some people are resistant to change and change can be hard for a lot of people yeah but they are recognizing that this these are necessary changes and that is i think what is going to bode well for just kind of humanity in the future you know if if we can start to recognize that hey we're all just we're all just human beings trying to exactly trying to make our way through life you know and i think that they recognize that i don't see granted you're right obviously bullying happens i'm sure cyberbullying is still a thing like but i'm not seeing as much bullying i than i did when i was in high school maybe because i'm on the other side of it now mm. maybe that's maybe there's a different perspective there but I'm not saying it doesn't happen of course but i think there's you know, a lot less of it potentially. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that hundred percent what you said. And, and again, I also think you, you're, you're spot on with a lot of uh, what you said in terms of like what you want to provide to them. I think I was loving you hearing you break down about the evidence and CLR. <laughs> I mean, is what I cut. So, and it's funny you say that you felt inadequate the first time you stepped in front of them, but then you got that type of feedback and not having an English degree, not having an education degree, bro. I felt those exact same things as you did when I first stepped in front of them at 22 years old. And I have both of those. So that, so if that makes you, so you know what I mean? It just, it's just yeah. a natural thing. I think when it's something that's new like that, you're gonna get, True. you're gonna get nervous. You're gonna get like, Oh my God, can I do this? Like, you know what I mean? I had been for four years grinding at this and then I'm on my first day and I'm like, Holy, holy shit. I'm about to, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm 22 years old. I am only eight years older than some of the, five, seven years older than some of these kids. What the, the hell, what the hell do I know? You know what I mean? That's I'm a 22 year old kid. Yep. I'm still navigating through life. I don't still know what the heck my life is going to happen, what's going to happen with my life. And I'm supposed to teach these kids. But I, I, when they find, and that's what I've just tried to t- tell myself this whole time, this is my whole career so far is, just be relatable. Just be yourself. Be honest with them, and it'll go a long way. You know. Yep. And that's. I'm very glad you said that. Um. So here's the weird intersection of the teaching and the music. 
you're, you're, you're taking, you're taking <laughs> questions of, out of my mouth, Slim. Go for it. A lot of my students have found me on socials. They have found me. Same, same with me in the in the in the, mm-hmm. in the podcast. Yep, I get it. Yep. Found me on TikTok. Found me on Instagram. And so this is something you touched on: being young in teaching. So I meet them where they're at. I remember being a senior and some teaching fellows fresh out of college, and like you're five years older than me, like. Out of here, what are you talking about? <laughs> and trying to speak down to me condescendingly. I, I came in respectfully. Right. I don't overstep any boundaries that have that seem to be up. I'm just, you know, navigating through the space. This is your space more than it is mine. This is your high school experience. I'm just here to try to be a positive part of it. Um so being young, being an aspiring artist, mm-hmm. and they see that. And they see that I'm trying, and they see in class. I even correlating some of the some of the raps with with the English. Awesome. So where there was like that. a poetry unit, and I'm teaching assonance and alliteration, and yes. I just I, oh my gosh, I love assonance in my in my raps. I love it so much. That's something J Cole does a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Some I admire about him, and um, for them to see that connect, and also see sometimes me struggle with social media and we were talking about the exponential growth it happens quickly and then it feels stagnant for a really Mm -hmm. long time Mm -hmm. and then it jumps and then it feels stagnant for a really long time like and it gets frustrating and to also feel they also know i don't want to be a teacher forever they also know this was never in my plans as a senior in high school if you talk to that 18 year old me (laughs) he would have said some things about this place I was not trying to come back. Absolutely not. I was not trying to come back. And to be back and for this job to have evolved me in so many ways, to be here with a lot of the people who were teaching me when I was here, but now Mm. speaking to them as peers, now seeing them as humans rather than those higher-ups as those teachers, and them also seeing me as how, how I've grown or how I'm progressively growing through moments or how I'm mm-hmm. open to growing and changing in certain moments in conversation. And even students. Um, yeah. This happened back when I was a paraprofessional and it's still happening now. When I when I use a moment, I step back and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. They'll kind of just look super confused and look around. What's wrong with that? Like usually teachers don't just don't tell you you're right. They usually just... Like, no, you're wrong nah, 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 because I'm a teacher. I'm, no, you're right. I'm wrong. That's just that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because you're a student, that doesn't make you any less right. And that's what I like our generation as well. They speak their mind. And, and sometimes, yeah. you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. And I, and I learned from that moment. I have a lot of students that are like, you know what? That might be the best response I've ever gotten to that that I've ever said to anybody. I'm like I'm always open to learn to grow and change, and and just being that example, mm. and the same person I present as on social media, the same human I am from day to day when I get inside of these walls, and the same teacher I am when I go out and walk around the grand campus, just being yeah. seamless, that a same person, and the same thing we're doing with Viacom, the marketing team, mm-hmm. slim as a person or Ty as a person, and slim as an artist, and what does that mean? Same person. I love that. And I, again, it's nice to talk to people that are not only in education, but 
again, my age. And then also just kind of you, so you understand it on a level that I do hundred percent with, well, you know, I think you and I are in a good in people that are our age and in education teachers that are, that are in their twenties. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really great that we are able to like still relate to again, relate like I was saying earlier, like relate to like their interests and what they like, like, I'll have music conversations with some of my students, especially early on, like first yep. couple of minutes of class, they'll be like, I remember one of my kids came in last week, like, yo, I heard that new pop smoke song and blah, blah, blah. And they just like, you know, just, you know, uh, suburban kids that I, that I, that I teach now. <laughs> I used to teach in the city in Boston, right outside the city in Boston. So I've seen mm-hmm. kind of both sides of it too, but now I'm in a suburb and just, you know, see them all get hyped up about a pop smoke song or, um, you know, I, I have, or this even, as well, like I had a student of mine that uh, goes, oh, I, I like this artist, but I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll know who he is. And I'm like, who? And he's like, Tame Impala. And I'm like, I know Tame Impala, like Tame Impala. Oh, exactly. Like, <laughs> just stuff like that. You know what I mean? And they're just like, you do? Like, what do you mean? Uh-huh. You know Tame Impala? Or, uh, you know, we just we just reviewed a Pooh Shiesty record or, or album. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, sorry, song. I did and, see that. I did see that. Oh, did you see that? Yeah, I, I was not. A, I was not a fan. And so <laughs> my students came back the next day and they were like cracking up. They were like, "Oh, you flamed Pooh Shiesty! Like, how dare you?" <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and it's like you said, I, it's a weird line to toe, especially with you and I as content creators as well, right? Because I think it's beautiful in two ways, but you have to still toe toe a line. I think it's beautiful for them to see us pursue, like to see us as vulnerable human beings pursuing something, right? Because it will give them that like drive and motivation to also pursue their dreams and goals. I tell them that all the time because they kind of ask me like as well, they're like, what's up with the podcast though? Like some of my students could give a shit less and that's fine. I could, Uh that's totally cool. But some are really like invested in what I do. And follow it one of my kids i came into to class the other day and he was like mr scarfo your podcast is amazing and i was just like <laughs> oh thank you and but then a couple of years ago when it started like the same thing like i only we only had probably like 300 followers at the time and one of my students was like that's all you have 300 followers like mr scarfo <laughs> i need to learn oh how to market gosh. like <laughs> brutal so they're ruthless but they're also like your best your best fans anyway either way uh-huh. And I am this exact same way in class as, you know, if my students know that, like when they hear me on the podcast, it's, it, it's very eerily similar. So they, they know that I'm like the same person. And so it's really mm-hmm. funny. Um, so it's, I think it's good for them to see us pursuing and trying to achieve something. Because like you said, I think we used to see our teachers as just like, oh, they, they teach, they grade papers on the weekends. Like that's what they like. Nah, like Mr. DeWitt is like <laughs> making dope content. Mr. Scarfo is killing it with a podcast. Like we're doing things outside of we're, we're following passions. And that's like always mm-hmm. what I tell my kids. I'm like, don't follow the money. Someone told me that when I was in your age and it's the best advice I ever got in my life because the money will come. You'll find a way to take care of yourself or take care of your situation. As it, it, you'll, you'll, you'll always find a way to do that. But you you'll never like get time back from not pursuing your passion so like if you have to do both then you do both you just make it work if you want it spat enough you will you will you will find a way to do it both and you know you'll you'll spend less time on you'll spend less time on tiktok you'll still you'll still consume slim to wit content don't worry but you'll (laughs) spend less time on tiktok right you'll spend less time watching netflix right you'll you'll get in your creative bag if you will so i i really like that aspect of like towing that line of of what like showing like 
being okay to show them that we're doing these things, not exactly hiding it, because I don't know if that serves like a good purpose. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, with what we do, we don't want to become their friends, right? We want to be relatable. We want to have still that that sort of mentor relationship. But that's more or less how I see it. Like, mm-hmm. listen, like I am not a superior to you necessarily. Like I am, but in only like this in certain ways. Like I, as you mentioned, I don't know more than you i've had students that i have learned from a lot from especially all the time all the time especially when i was working in the city like i thought i had it difficult and 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 anyone that knows my like upbringing like you know i not saying i had it harder than anybody else but i definitely had my fair share of lumps and bruises and things that i had to go through and it was so humbling when i was right out of college to meet some of these kids and really like kind of understand where they come from and their stories and what they go, what they go through on a daily basis. Mm. And again, it comes back to the resiliency factor where it's like, holy crap, like you leave school at three and you're in work, you're working until 11 and you also don't have heat during the winter. How are you even here? Like it, it, it's things like that. You're coming back for dinner to the high school. Like it was just, it was things like that where I'm like, I'd have students in my room till four or five o'clock at night because they wouldn't want to go home, like stuff like that. Like it was, mm. it was such a eye-opening thing for me, and I was like, whoa! Like there are so many kids going through so many just profound things you couldn't even imagine, and it really gives you just a different perspective. And at the same time, you know, you we have to celebrate their successes, and at the same time too, we have to we have to tell them when we're wrong. My favorite, like something that throws my students off sometimes, they'll sometimes ask me a question. If I don't know the answer, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not going to be like, give you this weird roundabout answer. I'm going to tell you what I, I'm going to tell you what I know about the subject. And I'm going to say, but that's all I know. What questions do you have? What can we maybe like look up, right? What what can we go? Let's, let's, let's utilize our research skills. Let's, you know, figure out some sources that would be credible to find out this information, right? Like let's find it out together. I don't have all the answers and certain perspectives. Again, I am a, a Caucasian male. So there's a lot of experiences, human experiences that I have only read through books or listened to through music or watched in any whatever and on documentaries or films or any kind of capacity. And mm-hmm. I, I love that aspect of teaching and that and where we're at right now with sort of this, the social environment of, of just the world and what we're, we're trying to, again, kind of create more empathy for other for different human experiences. And I, that's why I love teaching in diverse areas, because the kids will sort of bring that in for you a lot of the time yeah. um, and really helps bridge that gap in a lot of ways. So I. I second and third and fourth a lot of the things you were saying and I think you're I'm totally on the same page with you and I'm so glad that someone else is like right there with me in that mindset of like all these even intricate things of just being it's okay to say I don't know or as you mentioned I made a mistake I'm sorry mm-hmm. really are you sure <laughs> are you sure mister that you made a mistake yeah I did you were right I was wrong okay mm-hmm. then that gives them that builds that confidence you know uh-huh so. We don't want to. We don't want to pacify those voices, especially no. like we were saying with this generation. Or so uh, is forthcoming the word. I, I don't know why that popped on my head first, but forthcoming. Uh, just I, the word I keep using is resilient. And I think uh, in a lot of ways too. Just um, just aware. 
I think aware mm. is, is a good is a good word. I think they're very aware. Absolutely. But there's still that I think there's still that small and I guess so I think social media has something to do with it too, where it's like, can we take them and I think there's that like need to be perfect and need to I think that's why the us seeing them seeing us, excuse me, make mistakes is actually like a really good teaching tool. Not to say like mm-hmm. go into any teachers that are listening to this, like go into your room and just keep making a bunch of mistakes. But like when you're acknowledging when you're wrong or when you don't know something or when you were wrong on a certain topic or whatever or whatever it is, right? Like mm-hmm. you can say, oh, yeah, no, I was wrong or I don't know about that. Let me let's figure that out together instead. Because I feel like where I, I don't know about you, but where I teach, there's like a I think a lot of pressure for kids to like be achieve like achieve, you know, and truly you learn best through failure. It's just it's everything that I've I've learned in my life has been through some sort of failure or not even failure, just maybe not doing it the proper way first time. Okay, let's figure mm-hmm. out how to do that better this next this next time. So it's 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 really great to to just like I said, just to have this conversation. It's also hear someone else doing that. And my last point, and I've been kind of rambling a little bit, but my last point is I am just glad too that your students have someone like you that they can look to that they can actually like again relate to and see as and and as you mentioned too it's a voice that is necessary we need more you know people of color in our educational sphere it can't just be white men and women right we need more of these experiences because that's only going to help i'm sure it helps your colleagues i'm sure they help you like it's just it's just you know we we all need to kind of come to a better i think this year has shown us more than ever that we need to come to a better understanding of each other a little bit most more. definitely so I'm, I'm glad that you uh i'm glad that you're in the educational sphere as, as long as you'll be in it and your students will never forget you i guarantee that that's love thank you and you know so often it's easy to uh focus on what you may not be doing properly or how you may not be impacting someone you just don't see it mm exactly but so to know that yeah something you say or how you present yourself or carry yourself resonates with someone and that sticks with them or to think back to whatever teacher really sticks with you through your life absolutely wild to look at yourself in that way you know Mm. very humbling Mm, definitely and it's and it's good for us too because like i said i i learned so much from my students and Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing and, and, and I apply that logic as well to my podcasts because I know that I have knowledge to offer but that's why it's a beautiful thing about these guest speaker episodes is when I have different people on like yourself I always find myself learning so much and then after I get off these these zoom calls it's kind of or you know when I used to have people in the studio but when after mm-hmm. these episodes I always come out walk away from them like I just feel, I don't know, feel better. Like just energy, right? It's just, it's just, it's just better for me to, 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 that's a good thing to learn from other people. I think we don't do that often enough, you know? Mm -hmm. So like even throughout the conversation, as you're opening up about your experiences in teaching and, and you saying that you read everything I'm saying is resonating with you and it's Mm -hmm. vice versa is just Mm -hmm. creating that connection and that energy. And I'm sitting there feeling that like, dang. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we're we're gonna walk in. We're gonna walk into work tomorrow. Definitely, like feeling, I think, good about where we're at, and what we're doing. You know, even though you're saying like there's still things we worry about and things that we are trying to improve upon with our pedagogy or our routines or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. it's that that 
that mission or that energy that we put out to our students is a lot of the of the a piece of that pie mm-hmm. if you will I have uh, one more question before like my final question my favorite question I like to ask everybody and this this will be an interesting one uh, we'll see how this this first question comes out because I think that'll maybe potentially lead into that final one but okay. So back to the music a little bit. You are a course, as you mentioned, you've been making a lot of content on TikTok and Instagram. And I was, when I first came on to you and I was seeing your content, I don't think I quite understood where you were going at first. I immediately saw a couple of videos and was like, this dude is sick. I want to go listen to his music. And I'm looking up on Spotify, nothing. (laughs) SoundCloud, nothing. Apple nothing I can't find any music from Slim DeWitt and I'm and I'm and I asked you I literally I, when I reached out to you the first initial time I was like hey by the way like do you have original music out anywhere and you're like uh no I don't not yet so the not yet was like I was and I and I stored that I was like when I have this man on the podcast I'm asking him about his original music so <laughs> Slim DeWitt oh, man. is original music coming or are you gonna gonna ride this TikTok wave Okay, I hit I hit a few bumps in the road with a project that I've been working on for coming on a year now. Okay. So actually my housemate, my boy Sean, he's the producer for this project. Ooh. And we've Very been cool. collabing and in, he's in-house the, producer literally. Literally. <laughs> I cool. love the way his mind works. He's hearing the background vocals and I remember I'm singing a like I'm coming up with the harmonies or the melodies and he'll just have backing vocals and he doesn't trust himself as a singer. I'm like, you hitting the note. And I'm like, oh, that's tough. Like just the collaborative, <laughs> the energy and the collaboration. And um. anyway, we were going to release it around right now. Probably would have had a single out by now, but my engineer's laptop crashed. So we were able to salvage a few of them. A couple of them only need ad-libs from the mixes that he originally did, and they sound fine. Um, I have to re-record maybe three of them, and I'm going to do them when I go home over this break. Okay. So when I re-record those, we'll have something. I'll send it to get mastered, and that's when all all the marketing and et cetera will go into phase two. And... It'll be all over TikTok and Instagram, et cetera. Um, we're looking at maybe a spring project. Ooh. I don't want to say a specific month, but a Ooh. spring project. You heard it here first, people. You heard it here <laughs> first. Turntable Teachers exclusive. Exclusive. Slim, Slim to Wit project potentially coming this spring. I am very excited and, and intrigued for what it's going to be. I think that... Again, I I love your your TikTok content. I will gladly still consume that. But <laughs> to hear you on a song, to hear you on a Pruffle project, definitely something that I think I'm not, probably not the only person that is uh, is is yearning for something like that. So I think you're gonna you're gonna feed a lot of mouths with something like that. But um, and I'm and I'm glad to hear, dude. As you mentioned, and I'll, I'll say this. I know this is. Uh, we didn't talk about this as much, but I know you're mm-hmm. a very you're a man of faith and you're very religious. I am not religious whatsoever, but I'm very spiritual. And I will say this: I think energy, and I'm more of like an energy person. So, yep. and I think the energy you put out in the world, oftentimes you'll get it back. Not always on a perfect science, you know. Toxic energies everywhere; it's just going to happen. Yep. But 
you just seem like you're in the right place at the right time with some of these things with, uh, you know, obviously the, the guys you're working with on the TikTok side. What were the names again? I, I completely forgot. And I don't want to act like I am completely missing over them. Oh, the collective Vio? Vio, it's yes, Vio. Sean and Jared, those are the co-creators. Sean and Jared of Vio, correct. Okay, sorry guys, I, I forgot your names. Bad with names. Uh, as you as you probably know, we, we, we have to memorize hundreds of names every year, so it becomes a great because it, <laughs> Exactly, no. it never gets easier either. But <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of just kind of you having this person that you have literally in your house that's doing the production with you and working, and then having all these things kind of come together as they are. Uh, obviously, going back to your school and and uh, you know making an impact there, it's uh, I don't want to say it's like divine intervention or anything like that, but it's definitely it's definitely I would say someone's looking out for you, and uh, I think there's a reason for that because I think the energy that you like put out into the world, it's infectious. It's like as I mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast, it's charismatic, and I can't wait to see how it comes so, out in a prod, and I can't wait to see how it comes so out in a project. Hopeful. Absolutely. And we will be plugging that shit away when it when it drops. That's Promise love. you Thank that. You. Promise you that. So it's just an EP, only uh six tracks, including an interlude. But um, I'll live. I'm, That's fine. I, I'm already contemplating ideas on a album. I'm already talking mm -hmm. to other producers and crafting ideas and thinking about concepts. Super cool, man. I'm excited. So, and yeah. so everyone, obviously his tick TikTok content. You can click the link below and check some of that out. And, but uh, be on the lookout for a Slim DeWitt project coming in the works in the spring. And uh, of course, like I, as I mentioned, we will be uh, plugging that away when it when it does drop. Slim DeWitt, you've been really great on this episode. You're not quite finished yet. Last question I always ask every artist that comes on this show. If you're okay. a fan of ours, you know it's coming. It's the dream song scenario, people. And I'll break Oof. it down. I'll break it down for you. Okay. So you can make a song with anyone in the world dead or alive any artist dead or alive okay and here's the one song and you get the criteria this is the criteria okay you get anybody to produce it you can pick up to two producers okay so if you like you know you want a similar if you want a melody from some producer or maybe like Ooh. a drum progression from another whatever you whatever you want you can slap two producers on that okay and you get three guest features okay so we'll say someone three. to do the hook three so you got someone to do the hook and you got two guess verses including a verse for yourself so that is the dream song scenario two producers three guest features who is on the dream song scenario for slim dewitt take as much time as you need sir oh my gosh this might be the greatest question in the existence of life <laughs> i will i will say this uh, another local podcast got to shout them out cwtfb if anyone that's listening make sure you go check out their stuff great great local podcast out in boston uh they actually they they borrowed this segment he loved charlie machine he loved it so much and he of course he gave us credit he cited his sources slim you would you would definitely As approve no plagiarism there <laughs> <laughs> but he did this too he was saying like I saw this question on turntable teachers and it was sick. So I'm going to ask it to you right now. So everyone that comes on the show really loves this question. So I'm glad you enjoy it too. But again, take all the time you need. Dream song scenario, two producers, three guest features. Whoops. Just hit my mic. Um, I want knowledge to be one of the producers. Ooh, I Anderson Pack. No worries. Yes, sir. Uh, apparently, 
not to not to like break your train of thought uh-huh. for your dream song, Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Tomorrow, <laughs> it'll I'm already hype. be. I am yeah. hyped. It'll already be dropped by the time this episode comes out. So, I'm, it's, of course, uh, we, we don't know what it sounds like because we're recording this actually the night before that, that that album drops. But I am really excited to hear how that sounds. I got the oh Malibu. I don't know God. if you can see the Malibu like right there. Mm-hmm. One, of my fav- at it. one of my favorite records ever. But anyway, oh. Knowledge, that that EP or that – I don't even know. Not an EP. I think that was an album. That album gets a, like not as much love as it should that they what did the, the two of them uh no worries the uh anderson uh-huh. pack and knowledge very good album for anybody that uh hasn't heard it so every one of his projects anderson's different i actually was i'm i was thinking of having him be one of my features. he artists. would be good with you i could i could hear that for sure he can do the gospel thing right especially if you wanted mm-hmm. it to be a gospel sounding song or like a like a more of a like a stripped back r&b joint like totally or if you wanted it to be funky he he got to do it all he's versatile as hell oh my gosh crazy versus hmm. i'm gonna get to the artist so knowledge okay knowledge on production and as much as i would want you know what knowledge and kanye give me yay i never even i don't even know why that didn't cross my mind give me knowledge and yay knowledge and yay on the production holy shit okay I like where this is. I, I like where this is going. Uh, now you got three artists. As bad as I want to say Wale, as bad Ooh. as I do, I can't. I can't oh, have okay. him. I'm gonna say Anderson Pop. Yes, sir. Mac Mac Miller and Chance. As bad as I want Wale, I just I just think Chance will fit that knowledge a pocket so much. Yeah. Better. Chance would fit it well. He's done the gospel stuff before. Obviously, Coloring Book mm-hmm. is like fan- fantastic. I love, love, love that project. So obviously, he does it well. Kanye and Knowledge on the boards together. My goodness, would that be crazy? <laughs> that would be crazy. I'm almost surprised that hasn't happened yet. Right? They would work together super well, right? And then of course oh you have gosh. that Anderson Pack and uh, and Knowledge. You know, they already have that rapport, so that's, that works out well. Chance and Ye got that rapport. What am I thinking? What? I didn't say three stacks. I didn't say oh, three stacks. My guy. He's my favorite favorite rapper, favorite rapper of all time. Who, 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 okay. Who's out? Who, who's out? Okay. Who's out if, if three stacks is in? Yeah, who's out? If three... <sighs> I feel like with that, it might have to be Mac Miller. Even though Mac Miller does sound good over that kind of production, too. Mm-hmm. And he would contrast very well with, with like, Pac and... Uh, with chance, but you got you got to get stacks on that shit. That yeah. would be ridiculous. I, I think I'm mixing in my most influential and favorite rappers. So chance is an influence too. But when I really started getting into rap, Wale and Mac were just. But I'm right there with you. Three stacks, goaded my personal goat. If you make a list of, I was looking, speaker box, the love below. If 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 there's a list of like top five. Three stacks is always etched in gray, a number zero, if you will. He just, you don't. You I don't, like that. Yeah, you He's don't. Untouchable. No one's touching that man. No one's touching that. It's funny you mentioned that because the first rapper I really got into into was Eminem, but the first, like, in, it was first it was Fifty Cent and and and, uh, and Eminem, mm-hmm. and that's what I kind of thought hip hop was. Of course when you're talking about the class that that you and I teach, right, with English uh-huh. as it pertains to stereotypes and things like that. So me at 8 years old, of course not even really understanding that concept at the time, but you know, hearing 
50 cent eminem i'm like oh okay that's just what hip-hop is that's what it's supposed to sound like it's got this kind of gangster sort of feel right yeah and when i came on to these guys and that's why this album is my most influential album when it comes to my love of not only music but especially hip-hop because growing up i listened to marvin gay luther vandross kenny oh. g right i was listening to all that shit and when they incorporated when they incorporated jazz and soul and funk and again i know they were doing this for so long but you and i of mm-hmm. course the age we're at this was like in a, a time where it was accessible it's not like we were listening to speaker box uh no sorry not like we we're listening to sound, um um stanconia or you know mm-hmm. uh, southern playlist of cadillac music right we're we're in our we're in our <laughs> mid yeah. to late 20s it's o- just or equipment what as i progressed you know late later on like those albums are clearly just amazing and incredible but this is the one dude that and i was just like and i didn't even know three stacks could rap until i went back because i thought he could just mm-hmm. sing and do his you know the, his, his love his love below gone. shit right and then when he rapped when i started hearing him rap i was like I was like, what? <laughs> Filthy. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, Filthy. The first song I ever heard was from him rapping was Miss Jackson. And I will never forget it. I was mm. like, yo, this is something different. Like, I, and I, he's, he's the, go- he's the goat to me. Me too. I, really. I, I, he really is. Like when, it, when you think about, it, again, say what you want, Biggie, Pac, Jay-Z. I know there's mm-hmm. so many options. It's such a subjective conversation, but yep. He follows no rules. The the song does whatever the hell he wants it to. Shift up the rhyme scheme and he can he can follow a pattern and then kill that pattern. The same thing Biggie does that people admire him for, but oh, he just got so much swang and flavor with it. Yeah, yeah. And sort of the um enigma that he is, right? I think mm. that that's why guys like Frank Ocean, to a lesser extent the weekend, but weekend but um more so frank ocean where there's almost this kendrick it can be this way too for sure where it's almost Mm. like this mysterious aura of this person right i mean yeah i swear to god for lack of andre 3000 interviews i've probably listened to the rick rubin one like three different times because it's like i can't get enough of it because it's like there's nothing else to listen to when it comes to three stacks because he doesn't Uh he's not in the limelight he just doesn't want to be it's not his he won't do it you know exactly Oh man, that would I be... really hope I catch him one of these days, just out here with his flute in New York or maybe ATL. I just really hope I run into him one of these days. Just chop it up. What an amazing thing! Oh my I tried god, tried so hard not to fanboy. <laughs> yeah, well, you could just be like, "Oh hey, what's up? It's Bow Wow. It's Shad. Remember we we, we met we met years ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come at it from that angle, you'd be fine." He'll be like, "What? I, <laughs> I never talked about Wow." <laughs> Probably not. I don't think that they're. I could be wrong, but I feel like their two paths never crossed. Just that's just my thought. But uh, who knows? Yeah, three anyway. stacks. I guess Mac would have to. Uh, Wale right. and Mac would have to be another song. R.I.P. Mac. Oh yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, but Wale would sound great over that production, and the stuff he's been doing recently really would lend itself to that. Like, bro, oh, Wale so slept on. It's annoying. Isn't we so we just we just reviewed Good Vibes, his brand new song too. We it's on one of our mm. previous episodes, and uh, same thing. Like uh, my co-host Phoenix was saying too. He's like, I love when Wale wins. Like he's like that underdog that has never quite not been an underdog. <laughs> you know, he gets so forgotten about. And for me, I almost until Wow, that's crazy. There was like a, probably a four year 
stint where I didn't really think about Wale probably after like the album about nothing. Yeah. Shine didn't really hit for me like that. But then yeah. while that's crazy came out and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like no pun yep. intended. But I was like, holy <laughs> fucking shit. This is insane. Like he killed that yeah. shit. Killed it. Yeah. He's, he's another one that is criminally slept on. Yep. Yep. But yep. while, well, well, so dream, dream song scenario too. Slim's cheating a little bit, but that's fine. It's all good. He's, he can, he can get a second dream song, but either way, that sounds fantastic. Slim DeWitt featuring, uh, Andre 3000 chance, the rapper, uh, who's the third. I'm sorry. How am I and forgetting? Anderson, Pack. Anderson pack. Oh my God. I forget how to forget that pack be... produced by Kanye and knowledge. That'd be filthy. That'd be crazy. And you forgot. And... Cause I'm out here just naming artists, but it'll... oh, that'd be filthy. Yeah, and then we'll we'll give we'll give three stacks the last verse and just let him go for like sixty four bars. <laughs> he needs and he he need oh yeah he needs the last verse. I though this is the thing I love about him too, where it's like I've Big Boy has given us so many solo albums, and I just never was into like I mean I've liked some of his solo stuff, but I've never really been so into it. And Andre mm. will do this just do that thing where he drops a verse out of nowhere, like just happens a, a couple verse. times a year, and he won't give us an album. He's you're so annoying, Andre three thousand. Like he comes on to James Blake's Where's the Catch, kills that shit, ghosts us for a year. Oh. Like it's it's crazy. Comes on Frank Ocean solo. Always Boom. loves himself to Frankie. Yep. He he loves Frank. Um definitely got it. He got Rick Rick the Rick Ross one was always the one that 16 I was sixteen. Enough. I was is just in my head. That's why I was like, give him the last verse. Let give him, him the last yeah, just let him just yeah, get after it. I'm probably forgetting I'm probably forgetting a couple of the other uh Andre 3000 verses that have just come out of nowhere. Oh, and then he was on Kid. He he did two on Kid Cudi's record from a couple years back, which I couldn't believe. Really? Yeah, it was. Um, about the the new project he just dropped. That one's incredible. But no, I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about okay. the the Demon Slaying one. Mm, okay. Demon. <sighs> rhyme Slaying and Demon Saying. No, that doesn't sound right. I don't I'll know. Have to go check it. It's a pink cover. His shirt's off. Not to be like that, but his shirt's off. Pink cover. <laughs> And he's, uh, I think, I don't remember off the top of my head. Either way, it's a, it's he comes in on two, two uh, verses on there. But anyway, it's always just good to, good to hear an Andre 3000 verse, no question. Always. Always good. But Slim, DeWitt, everyone, what an incredible episode. Thank you so much for being here, man. This was a lot of fun. Thank you and, for having uh, me, Mike. Oh, of course. This was, like I said, one of, the, one of my favorite episodes of the year so far, for sure. Granted, all of our guests have been absolutely amazing so far this year. we got plenty more coming, so... If you're a fan of Slim DeWitts, make sure you follow us at Turntable Teachers and all that good stuff. But uh, Slim, why don't you uh, plug away for our fans as well? Uh, let us know where you, uh, where the where the people can find you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram. I mean, Twitter. I just be tweeting thoughts, retweeting things I agree with. But it's all the same handle: Slim DeWitt, S L I M D A W I T. Slim DeWitt on all platforms. Uh, if you're looking for some sort of full songs, I've got a few things on SoundCloud under the same name. Um, but until then, that's where you can find my stuff until spring. Definitely summer, but we pushing for spring. Love that. Love that. Very looking forward to uh, to, this, to the music. And of course, if you are a fan of Slims and you're just coming on to us for the first time, you can give us a follow at Turntable Teachers on Instagram. We're on TikTok, too. Can't say that our content's nearly as good as this man's, but you know we're we're 
we're on there. Uh, you could also, I think of course, I gotta follow you on there too. Yeah, give us, yeah, sh- throw us a follow, bro. That's that, that would help. I think, uh, I think you get, you're gonna get us somewhere in the 30s. I know you're at like the 30k, but you know, we're 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 we're, 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 mo- we're slow moving on TikTok, but uh, also, of course. Hit up our website, www.turntableteachers.com for all the latest blogs and content there. And then, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel or wherever you get podcasts. really helps out our platform. We'll be back with more guest speaker episodes for the rest of this month and in well into April. we got a great catalog of other guests that have come out this year and then in 2020. So, yeah, just run up our content. And if you like us, leave us a comment. Let us know your favorite uh, Slim DeWitt TikTok or Slim DeWitt moment for sure. And once again, thank you so much for this episode, bro. This was really great. Special thank one for, for sure. No doubt about it. And, True. Uh, My heart is full, man. Same here, man. Same here. And uh, I don't think this will be the last time we'll uh, we'll be in touch. So no question Most about up. that. You're officially and turned. I do follow me on TikTok. For some reason, I thought oh, I didn't. Oh, perfect. Good. Okay. Good man. You already did. <laughs> and uh and now hey and now you're a turntable teachers alumni so you uh you made it you made it through uh <laughs> your your inaugural episode on our platform so almost had me on that last question man. that was a doozy <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah he's done after that I, that usually that one is this the the dream song scenario but again thank you all for tuning into this episode really appreciate it i am mike this is slim dewitt with the turntable teachers and class is officially dismissed Turn to the